Hi everyone, welcome back to the Redefined Pod. And in this episode, we'll be interviewing Ashley, a professional within the public sector. So let's get straight into it. Hi Ashley, how are you doing today? Hi Laura, I'm good, how are you? I'm great, I'm so excited to interview you. This is so weird considering you're my sister, but (laughs) I'm going to try and make it like as normal as possible. I'm so excited, it's going to be fun. Okay, so for everyone else who is not your sister, what do you do and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, Ashley, I work in the pub- within the public sector. So the public sector is uh, basically like your local councils, the healthcare, so your NHS, civil service jobs, law enforcement, education and other public bodies. And I work in finance. So basically, I come from an accounting and finance background and I've been working for about five years now. Yeah, that is incredible. A little disclaimer, actually, before we get into this episode, Ashley is also a third member of the Redefined Project and the Redefined Pod. And we've decided to interview her because she has a lot of experience within the public sector. So, Ashley. What is it that you studied in university? I studied accounting and finance and now work in accounting. So Ashley, tell us a little bit about what you do and tell us why the public sector. Typically, there aren't many black people working within the public sector, especially in Scotland. We're not very much represented within the public sector. So I applied for a job and it was just, I had finished my studies and I just thought, let me see what jobs are available. And I just applied everywhere. And it just happened that I got this job, this particular job. The public sector helps people. It's very much about helping your community and being part of the community and giving back to the community that you live in. It provides you job security and the stable income is very stable. Nothing really changes much. It's always very much constant. So it's you have that stability and I think it's something that I needed at this point in my life. Also, it's very good for training. You are, you are provided with a lot of training. There's a lot of training schemes available and also on-the-job training. I really wanted to work within the public sector because these people who work in the industry who have been there for many years, like maybe 25 years, or they've worked there in, the, in their whole career and you can really learn a lot from people who have in the industry experience more than um, someone who just has academic experience because they're not able to apply it in real life. So I wanted to work because you help people and yeah and just the stability that it provided me as well at that point in my life. Oh that's so fascinating. I love how you said that work experience is more valued than academic achievements in this sector. What work experience did you go through to get to this job position oh my goodness it's a long story so I have had tons of jobs I don't think I can count on one hand how many jobs I've had straight off when I finished high school I had a job working in finance as a finance assistant and not long after that I think I had another job as well so they were very much accounting related jobs I've always had a job whether it was related to my career or it wasn't it's just about being able to be adaptable and applying the knowledge that you have at some point in university as well I worked as a temp because of the experience that I had before I went to uni I was able to apply for jobs related to what I was doing as well so I had a temp job as 
uh, accounts assistant for an oil and gas company. But then in between after that, I probably had other jobs in retail as well. So I feel that the experience that I had working over the years from when I turned 18 till now, it's all been, I've been building up lots of skills along the way. And that has really helped me. I've noticed that just having a CV that has something on it. So whatever it is that you've done, whether it's voluntary, uh, whether it's being a treasurer at church, that really helps. It could be retail. It's just being able to show that you're adaptable. You can use this. You can write that on your CV. It's so important just to write that you have some sort of experience. The group projects that you do. I was involved in a huge group project that was very much related to what I do now. I feel like that's always a talking topic in, during interviews. Every interview that I've had, I don't think I've ever had an interview where we haven't discussed it because it's so intriguing and everybody wants to know what knowledge you have. And I've never worked in the industry where the case study I worked on is from, but however, I know so much. So I think it's about gaining as much information in whatever industry you work in, especially in accounting. Accounting is needed in everything from the music industry to the film industry to healthcare, education. There's no industry that does not need an accountant. Basically, you're needed wherever you are in the world. I feel like I've just heard like a lifetime of information there. So you have mentioned that you had a lot of work experience in different in various industries and you gave a list of like very relevant work experiences that you had before you got the job that you're working at now. You also mentioned about having transferable skills that you can apply into your job now and also beefing up your CV. So I think the question I would like to ask from that is, what was the best thing that you learned from each job and how did you manage to transfer that onto the paper of your CV and then into your job now? What is a great question. I'm going to dissect to this. My first job, I remember I worked with my dad I had no idea what it was like I had just finished high school and it was over the summer after I just finished high school I had no idea what being professional was like or what showing up to work was like other than that I knew how I was going to dress that was it because you have this idea that if you work in an office you dress a certain way that's the only thing I knew I did not know what it meant to be professional. And the person I went worked alongside that time was my father. And he taught me to show up on time, but not just on time, but a good time before everybody else. Sort of be the first and the last to get out of work. Though I don't believe in being the last to get out of the office, but I think being the first in the office says a lot about you. It shows how consistent you are, how reliable you are. and it says a lot about your character and how professional you are. I think on my CV, trying to see how that translates is showing that you have great work ethic. I think on the statement that you put at the beginning of your CV, really describe the type of person you are if and be that person once you get in through the door. Don't say you are reliable, you're consistent. And then when you get the job, you're hardly ever in work. It doesn't work that way. If you're going to say you are something, be true to what you say you are on your CV. In my current job now, I noticed in the accounting, I think the one thing that's consistent is the software that you use. I think it's very important. That is the main thing that you use. Main tool that is used is software. So being proficient in using multiple different softwares 
take notes of how to use different software packages and always keep that with you. My dad told me that in my first job, he was he just kept saying take notes how to apply different functions, how to do certain tasks because it will differ when you go to another company. It will translate the same, but it will differ the methods of getting to a certain point. And I remember moving from one job to another and they used a completely different package. And I remember going back to my old notes and remembering, oh wait, I, I know exactly what to do. I know the results, the desired result at the end of this, but I just had to learn how to use this particular software. And I think it took me less time I remember when I started my new job, it didn't take me a week to really get used to the new software. So I think really know your stuff and be computer proficient. That was such incredible advice, Ashley. So we covered that work experience was really valuable in what you're doing today. How valuable was academic achievements? How has your degree played in your job role now? Um, Not very much, to be honest, because it was purely academic knowledge, whereas in the industry is completely different. When you do accounting, you start from square one. Even if you do your degree, you start from square one. Once you get into work life, you have to do your professional qualifications. So you're back to square one. You have exemptions from a number of exams. So the first nine, I think. So you're sort of at square one. So I don't feel like it contributed hugely i feel like my work experience contributed a lot more to my job now they definitely teach you the foundation but you build upon that once you finish because when when you study accounting you sort of go back to square one of doing exams again so you have to qualify it and be certified and that takes up to three years after you graduate it is not an easy road you have to realize that just because you've done the degree, it doesn't mean that you're an accountant. You need to do another three years of studying and exams and work experience before you're fully qualified. You go more into depth in financial functions that you probably studied in university. I'm sure I know the answer to this, but for our listeners out there, what is it like working within the public sector for you and What would you say are some of the advantages of working within the public sector? Yeah, um, the advantages, I would say that there's always jobs available all over the country. So you're working for the government and wherever you go, there's always jobs. And I think even in the recession, you can always try to look for jobs. I think everyone can benefit from working within the public sector. There's jobs all over the, the country. You could work for NHS, for the government like your councils or in education you could work in civil services and I think it provides a huge opportunity for you to help your community and to be actively involved in what is happening within your community it's a stable environment to work in so it doesn't really change much it's pretty much secure in that sense there's good working conditions. I would definitely say my experience has been a positive one. I found that I've benefited from plenty of opportunities for professional development. Those are the advantages I could think of. And what would you say the disadvantages or the challenges you've come across in your experience working within the public sector? I think everyone would agree that 
budget is always the hardest. However, I feel like as a black person, it's the lack of diversity. I think within the organization I work in, I have only seen, I'm the only black person, at least that I'm aware of. And is one Asian person. So it's very much, there's a lack of diversity, especially in Scotland where the ethnic population is makes up 4% of the population. However, that's not very much presented within the work environment. And also, especially in senior positions, there's not as many people working within the civil service and the percentage is very low. That's so disheartening to hear that there's still a lack of representation, especially within Scotland and its public sector. So for the minorities out there and people of colour that would love to get into the public sector and anyone else really, what would you say are some of the resources on how to get in and how did you do it and what can you tell us that could hopefully benefit someone else? I use my job scotland.co.uk. It's very good if you want to work within the public sector in Scotland. These jobs from admin to senior positions and executive positions to entry level jobs. There's also opportunities for modern apprenticeships as well. I would say civil civil service jobs.co.uk is very good. Um, NHS jobs Scotland is very good as well and if you go directly on the Scottish government website, which is gov.scot, and also it keeps your application on the system, your information is already saved. So if you want to have a, apply for another job, your information, you're basically just updating your address and certain things that it may have changed, that you have progressed in and experience that you may have gained since the last time you applied. So it's very good. I highly recommend using these resources. That's incredible that there are opportunities out there that could help someone else enter the public sector. I know that you mentioned at the start of your answer that you are one of few minority representation in your workplace. Do you ever feel like sometimes that you have imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome, also known as imposter phenomenon, is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments or talents and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud do you ever feel as one of very few minority representations in your workplace that you have a lot to prove and work harder than everyone else first of all i feel like we need to get out of the mindset that we need to work harder than everybody else because doing your best is enough you working hard is enough however the reality is you do have to, it feels like you have to work as so much harder than everybody else to be recognized for your, for your work. When I first started the job, I didn't even, I wasn't focused on that I was the only black. I was just trying to do the best I could within the circumstances I was in. But then I think somewhere along the line, it hits you when opportunities are not presented to you, when certain things feel unfair that's when it becomes more apparent that wait I am different I think when people show microaggressions it hits you that we're not the same (laughs) and that something is different that they're treating me differently somehow there's a point where I just felt like I don't belong and I think part of me still feels a bit like I don't don't belong and the thing is what I mean is I feel that I go out of my way to to do every training available, every 
opportunities that's available for training that is not mandatory so anything that's available I will do it and I just feel like I have to get more knowledge you have to do I have to do as much as I can to keep up or to be up to date with whatever is happening so especially because I found that a lot of people don't have I work with they don't have the academic experience for example I could say my manager none I think one of my managers have been to university the rest they're not they don't come from an educational background however they have on the job experience I found that their experience though is more has been more valuable I don't know why I was just comparing myself with people who have been in the job for 25 years and they've been in the same place same desk same seat they've never moved so they are very much aware of everything that is happening it's hard as well as you get your foot into the door the culture of the organization is set because you're sitting next to somebody who has been there for 25 years they've never changed this is what they do they know this job inside out so for you as a new person coming in and as you're growing and developing within the organization however much training you get however much qualifications you have it will be hard to influence change within the culture of the organization your options are to adapt or to leave i feel like i just went to like a live poetry session where you have to give one of these You just hit the nail on the head, as the saying goes, I think. We talked about microaggressions, workplace culture, adapt or leave. As the kids say, all the points are made. To create a better workplace culture where we don't have to get into the mindset of adapt or leave because of microaggressions, what would you say your efforts have been in order to make that working environment a better place maybe for the next people of colour joining in the department or the team. And I know you did a lot during the rebirth, as I've been calling it, of the Black Lives Matter movement. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that, what you've done uh, or what you've been doing? Definitely. So <laughs> the rebirth of the Black Lives Movement. So what happened was I think it's just from observation that I noticed that uh, diversity training is not mandatory. It's optional. If you're calling it inclusion and diversity, why is it optional? I just went and I sent a nice lengthy email like, what are we doing? What are you doing about it? And asking, how do we approach this subject of racism and how can we approach being anti-racism in the workplace? How do we approach that? whole topic differently from how it's done traditionally because something has to change along the way. I love that you mentioned that you made your workplace take accountability on what they're doing towards being an anti-racist organization and I love how more people throughout this year have taken that same approach within education, you know, holding their universities and as you're saying your organization accountable and I just want to say on behalf of me as the host slash your sister and our listeners you absolutely deserve to be in your workplace and you have all that you need to be there and all the skills and all the education and all the work experience so there's absolutely no reason for you to feel imposter syndrome and I want to ask you how would you best advise someone who wants to feel more deserving of the position they're in and also 
what would your advice be on how you can hold your workplace accountable while still keeping your job? <laughs> um, so we'll go with the first question. Um, how do I advise somebody who is feeling imposter syndrome? I think tell yourself that you're not inadequate. You're more than enough. You've worked hard. You deserve this. And continue to work hard. You don't need someone else's approval you don't need anyone to tell you or to remind you of your past mistakes second part how to contact your organization i think having a conversation with your colleagues is one way to doing it but it depends on the relationship that you have with your colleagues i can't tell you to go and have a conversation with your colleagues when you don't even have a relationship with them if you have a place a place where you can be open your work environment is open and you can have an open conversation about what you're going through as a black person. If you don't feel comfortable talking to them, you don't have to share your story. You don't have to share what you're going through. However, if you are in a safe environment and you feel safe to speak about what you're what you're going through, I think it's a good place to start. And also have a feel of what the training, what is available in terms of inclusion and diversity. Read the policies, see what the training looks like. If there's room for improvement, you're the person who can mention that to your HR team and say, wait, I have been in in this training and something is lacking. You have to be able to voice up. And I, I would like to think that your HR department are not going to fire you because you've mentioned that they're not they're not catering to what you need to feel comfortable in the workplace because that is their job so i hope that helps somebody and that you will feel encouraged and empowered to speak out wow i've actually thoroughly enjoyed interviewing you i've learned so much and you've spoke volume not just to me but i know for our listeners out there we usually ask the question in our outro what resources you'd like to plug for anybody who's seeking to get into the public sector would you like to answer that yeah definitely i'll go back to the first resources that i mentioned earlier so definitely my jobs scotland i i cannot stress how important it is that you look and the way you can use the website is so useful there's no agencies that's why i really don't like that and it's taking you away from indeed it's taking you away from the usual generic sites and yeah it's very helpful if you also go on civil service jobs, NHS Scotland jobs, and the Scottish government website is very good. Go on the careers and see what's available. There's so many opportunities for you. Go and look it up. Um, I think you forgot one last resource, and that is called the Redefined Project, which you are a <laughs> a founding member of. So a shameless plug to the Redefined Project. Check us out. We can help you. <laughs> And one thing we love to ask our guests, and I know you have asked a guest on this podcast, is who would you like to give a shout out to for helping you along with your journey to where you are now? I know you mentioned dad, so shout out to dad. Sorry for answering your question, but I had to put him out there. To be honest, I actually didn't ask my guest that, you know. But um, yeah, do you know, I was thinking about this. I was like, yeah, dad, dad gets my vision. My dad gets my vision. He he has always got my vision from day one. So basically, I started doing accounting in high school. This was when I was like 14 years old. And he's always known and he's always been helping me get on the right path. And even when I've sort of uh, derailed from my path, he's always been able to to help me. 
he's gonna love hearing that because he absolutely loved the podcast so <laughs> shout out to dad and i hope i didn't force you to say that by the way <laughs> no you didn't i literally thought i was just like thinking how like i could message him at 3 a.m he knows exactly he'll be like oh okay look at this and if i could ask him questions as well like dad how do i answer this and he was just like he's so helpful he's very actively like my teacher in this in my career journey and basically my education as well is 100% supportive shout out to dad so what are you redefining in this season of your life and why oh I am redefining failure I feel that it is I'm actually consistent because that's what I said on Instagram I'm redefining failure because I feel that you could fail but it's not the end of the world you can get back up and there's so many opportunities and I have failed in life and I feel like you know what it's what you do within in that time when you realize okay I failed what do you do do you pick yourself up and you go on and you move on and you decide to do better yeah you you just try to to fix your mistakes I remember this quote that says your 20s are to make mistakes your 30s are to learn the lessons your 40s are to pay for the drinks yeah it's a Carrie Bradshaw quote but I feel like your your 20s are for you to to learn and to make mistakes and they're not supposed to be perfect I think sometimes we let perfection get in the way of actually us doing things and I found that I am low-key a perfectionist but then it cripples me to the point where I wait for the perfect thing to happen and I never because I'm so scared of failure that I never actually get anything done and I'm redefining failure and perfection so that I can get to a point where I do things without fear of perf- of failure or the pressure of perfection. Wow, Ashley, thank you so much for being our final guest on the Redefined pod. I don't know if I should call you a guest you know, because you're a part of our podcast, but it was really lovely interviewing you for our podcast and having our listeners get to know us as the Redefined pod. Thank you for having me. It was fun. It was nice talking to you. For more information, you can find us at the Redefined Project on Instagram and Facebook. And to listen to more episodes, Simply follow us or subscribe to the Redefined Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you in the next one. What are you redefining?